do you ever want to use property as that vehicle to escape your job? You know, we always have that dream where we're like, right, I'm going to quit my job tomorrow and I'm going to buy 12 houses and I'm going to get residual income, passive income. I'll sit on a beach and then that property will just bring me the money that I need. Right. And you just think you can just sit on these assets and they will make you rich. Well, I'm here to bring someone who wants to give a little bit of the re- the flavor of reality behind investing in property, right? Someone who's very passionate about not selling you the dream, but actually giving you the real deal about property. And I've got a very, very well-known um, person within the commercial space. So I know there's different types of property investments. You can invest in vitalettes or you can invest in industrial or you might invest in um, like joint ventures or rent to rent or, you know, there's lots of different property strategies. Uh, but today we're mainly going to be looking at the benefits of commercial investing and what commercial property can do for you and your portfolio. Now, if you followed me for a while or if you know me prior to Manuka Media, maybe you used to work with me, you may know that I used to be a business development manager within the commercial space. So I used to do specialist lending. So this is also a subject that is um, that I'm very fond of, that I'm very passionate about, because when I first entered the financial services industry, when I first came into this sector, the first thing that I did was sell commercial bridging development property uh, portfolios and stuff like that. So that was my background. Then I worked for a specialist lender. And so here today, I'm actually going to be speaking to uh, another element of the chain, right? So there's lenders, there's brokers, there's clients, there's, there's, look, there's coaches, mentors. So yeah, today in particular, we're speaking to a commercial property mentor. Her name is Kirsty Darkins, and she has not only got her own property mentoring business, but she's also been a TV presenter for the property graduate. So I am very, very excited to welcome the expert within commercial property, Kirsty. Let's bring her in. Hello, Kirsty. Hello. Thank you for that amazing introduction. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. It, I mean, it is uh, it is true, uh, and it is fully you. So I've been following you on Instagram for a while, uh, and that's how you came onto the show because I stalked you on Instagram. And I was like, <laughs> "You look like a great money, honey. Come on the show." And you said yes. So thank you. Thank you so much for saying yes. Welcome. It's good to be here. Why did you say yes? What was it about the interaction that made you think, actually, yeah, I do want to go on this show? Um, well, I like what you're doing. I like who you, who your audience is. I'm always looking for new audiences because, as you said, I am passionate about helping people who want to replace their income or free their time understand how commercial property investment might be able to do that for them. Brilliant. So let's get into it right away. <laughs> Tell me about the property dream. Is it real? Does it exist? <laughs> um, yes, it's real. Well, it depends what your dream is. So I'll tell you my dream and what's happened for me um, and then what some of my clients are because they can be slightly different. So 
it's all about time freedom and flexibility to live my life the way I want to live it for me. So yes, I needed to replace my income and I have done that. So I'm a commercial surveyor, was in corporate for 17 years, decided I didn't want to do that anymore because I didn't feel valued. I was very stressed and I just couldn't live my life the way I wanted to live it. I love to travel. I want to spend time my way. So Yes, I've replaced my income by investing in commercial property, but that wasn't actually the main driver for me. The main driver is the time freedom that comes with investing in commercial property because it's a lot less hands-on than a lot of residential property investment and the profits tend to be higher because there are much lower costs with investing in commercial as well. So it's either replace your income, build assets, build a legacy. So a lot of my clients buying commercial property with their pension funds because you can purchase commercial property directly with your SIP or your SAS pension. So that's a really useful angle for people who want to lie on a beach later in life and want to make sure that they've planned for that and they do what they need to do now to make sure that when they want to do that, they can do it. Talk me through a standard commercial deal. So for, for anyone listening, thinking, gosh, I just thought it was, you know, two bedroom flat that I could start <laughs> investing in. What is it a commercial deal? What does that look like? I mean, it depends. It, it, it's anything from um, a single let shop on a high street. A lot I know everyone thinks the high street is dead. It's not. It's evolving. It's always evolving. So it needs to be the right high street. It could look like a small terrace of industrial units. It could look like a mixed-use commercial property. So we call them CMOs. So a lot of people might be familiar with HMOs, Houses of Multiple Occupation. Well, this is commercial multiple occupancy. So you might have a mix of retail, leisure and office, for example, or it might be an industrial business park, or it might be a mix of industrial and office. So there's, there's all sorts of types of property that you can invest in and you need to go for the ones that meet your own goals ultimately brilliant so would you advise a beginner a, a new beginner if I came to you and said look I've got this inheritance that I've just received um, I want to put it somewhere I think property is the place would you send them down the commercial route first or would you send them down the bricks and mortar kind of you know two up two down type of investment yeah ideally um I suggest people get some very simple buy-to-let residential experience before they jump into commercial because it's quite a sophisticated market. Um, and ideally, you need to understand the process of a property transaction. You need to understand the dynamics of the property market before you jump into commercial. Why is that? What's the difference? I think commercial is a very professional market and you won't be taken seriously a lot of the time if you have zero property investment experience now it doesn't mean you can't go and learn and inform yourself and build the right contacts and relationships to start in commercial you can i just find it helps people if they have at least some experience of being in the property market other than their own property um, and buying investment properties and going through that process before they jump into commercial because with commercial you've got more due diligence to do because it's all about tenants and leases um, not just the property itself and you are dealing with a very sophisticated market who you know the agents in particular won't want to deal with you if they don't feel you understand the property market 
by agents do you mean the um is like like the estate agent but for the commercial world right okay yeah so commercial agents rather than estate agents they um they're they're mostly qualified commercial surveyors um so it's not it's not the same market so obviously there are some brilliant estate agents who are career estate agents really good at their job there's also a lot of people working in the estate agency world who aren't qualified haven't been doing it that long you know we, we don't get the same experience and often their clients are one-time clients because they buy someone buys a house and then they live in it for a long time whereas yeah. with commercial agents generally they're dealing with investors who are building portfolios um, and so it's a, it's a different relationship um, with a different focus makes sense Often in property, I find that the the buzzword of the property world is, you know, have your power team, right? You need to have your power team in place. What kind of people do you need in your power team if you're investing in commercial? Yeah, good question. Um, you need commercial agents first and foremost. So you need two, three, four local commercial agents because over half of all commercial properties never come to market they get traded between agents and their investor clients Um, and so you know you won't find the best deals on the market a lot of the time so you need those agents to work with you also commercial property information and data such as sales comparables market rents is not widely available it's not openly available the way that residential data is it's held by the surveyors so if you don't have the surveyor relationships, you can't find the information that you need a lot of the time. So those relationships are really important. Um, commercial solicitors. So commercial property solicitor, not a residential conveyance. So a residential conveyance will not be able to advise you on a commercial property transaction. And you need a couple of commercial property solicitors at different levels, depending on what you're investing in. So it's a very straightforward, simple investment. I actually use a chartered legal executive because I don't need to pay a partner level solicitor to deal with a very simple transaction. Whereas if I'm buying something much more complex with multiple tenancies, multiple properties, complicated title, then I'll, then I'll want to pay a partner level solicitor to deal with that potentially. So you want a couple of different levels. Um, and after that, some differences with residential, you want capital allowance surveyors in your team because you can claim capital allowances which is a tax benefit when you buy commercial property which doesn't apply to residential so that's someone different you'll need in your team Um, and then commercial brokers if you want to use um, commercial lending as your funding strategy right yeah so if you want to get access to funding which is going to be my next question actually you know how do you typically see people investing in commercial are they cash rich do they pull it out from another property do they go through a broker do they go direct to lender what's kind of like the best most efficient route in your opinion if you want to add value to commercial property then you need to buy it at a point when the income stream is not secure which means commercial lending won't be available for purchase so most of the time commercial lending is available it is is a route in terms of exit so refinance although not really right now um, so cash is king when investing in commercial property either your own capital or working with private investors 
or SIP or SAS pension funds. So, that, you know, there's lot, lots of funding sources for that capital, but it gives you the flexibility and the option to buy some of the best deals because you're buying the deals when you've got vacancy, got short tenancies, and then you go in and add all the value. And at that point, you can raise commercial finance to refinance, although the rates are quite high at the moment. They really are. At the time of recording this episode, being the 1st of August 2023, by the time it comes out, it'll be late September. So we don't know what the market is going to do between now and then, but we obviously know that right now the rates are high. Uh, we're talking a lot about people being cash rich or injecting cash into the investment. What does your typical client look like? You know, if you could describe to me someone who you regularly regularly work with, just so that I can get a sense for where they are at in their journey um, and how they actually get into it. Yeah, I would say my typical client is um, an experienced residential property investor who now wants to diversify into commercial, maybe because they just want to diversify their portfolio because it's not good to have all your eggs in one basket, but largely because they want more time and higher profits and they want to replace some of that income that they've got from their residential. So they will either already have the capital or quite a few have got pension capital that they're using to invest in commercial. Or some of my clients are choosing to sell some of their residential assets, such as HMOs, and reinvest that capital into commercial. And mainly they are life and retirement planning, I would say. So people are either looking to replace their income from their job or their business, or I've got about 50% of my clients are full-time investors in property, and they're setting out their retirement plan where they've realised they want more time freedom. So they want to do less hands-on strategies. They want to invest in commercial property because the tenants are responsible for everything and the tenants pay uh, pay for everything um, as well. So your profits tend to be higher. Oh, right. So you're saying that in commercial, basically the tenant, let's say it's a gym or it's, uh, I don't know, an office, they have all the monthly bills responsibilities for that place so you just own the the actual structure and you're leasing it out to them yeah so it always depends what the lease terms are but standard lease terms in commercial are that tenants are responsible for all maintenance all repairs all compliance and they pay for the insurance and they pay for the repairs and they take on all the bills for the property so there's nothing for a landlord to do and there's nothing for a landlord to pay Wow, that I, I kind of, I think probably in in the, I just didn't look at it that way. I didn't yeah. think actually, yeah, it, it makes sense now when I look back. Yeah, that that is the way it's structured. But I guess when you compare it directly with a residential property, you just don't realise how much you haven't got on your shoulders, which is why you said it's more hands off like that. I get what you mean now by being hands off. Yeah, so it's a lot more hands off. And also, even if um, you do have a property with multiple tenancies where there's a service charge, the leases should allow for the tenants to pay for you to instruct a managing agent to manage it on your behalf. So even where you've got a managing agent doing the property management, the tenants will be paying, you won't. So that's what we, why we always say that your gross income is your net income from property investments that are commercial. Because there are nice. no costs to net off. 
um, as a commercial landlord. Nice. Okay. What if the uh, what happens if the landlord? No, the business within the property is not performing anymore. What if if they they're not performing they're... anymore, then you will look to relet those premises. So usually what we do is you make sure you've got a relationship with your tenants. You keep track of how their business is doing because it's so important to the capital value of your investment. Um, and if they get to a point where something's happened in the business or they need to be let out, then you'll you'll look for a new tenant and relet. Um, and let them out of the property. So I think a lot, a lot of, it's a good question, because a lot of people come to commercial and say, well, isn't it so risky because what if the businesses fail? There's a very low percentage of businesses that fail. So if I give you in my 26 years of investing in managing properties for others, I think I've seen less than 5% of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of tenancies um, fail it's a very low risk factor if you've done your due diligence on the way in which of course you will have done um, and you've got the right location it's all about strength of location and tenant demand okay okay interesting that's good that's very reassuring so less than five percent in your experience anyway because as the saying goes you know most businesses fail within the first three years and blah 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 so actually you know there is, there is a lot of scaremongering out there about how hard it yeah. is to run a business and how hard it is to get into property and you know um i think sometimes it's just the lack of direction lack of strategy and lack of research which can really put a lot of those fears uh at, at peace what if the property is damaged? You know, you said the, the tenant is responsible for, you know, upkeeping the property and things like that. But isn't it yeah. my asset? So to what if they make amendments to that property to the point where it damages the value of my asset, won't I be in trouble then? Uh, no, the tenant has to put it right. So um, obviously there's a legal process um, for that to happen usually that won't happen because they have to get permission for alterations before they do them and so you'll approve them and you'll make sure that you know they have to get them certified and do them properly and um, so um no you just negotiate with the tenant effectively the tenant gets sent a bill um if they cost you money and you do have the right in most of the leases to do the work yourself and then send the bill to the tenant if they haven't done it within a reasonable time period but I don't usually find you know, we're dealing with businesses not private individuals and that's that's quite different um, as well to investing in residential so it's a lot less emotional um, than it can be working with residential tenants because it's not people's homes it's their businesses um, and you know if you're dealing with the bigger businesses they've got everything in place and they're no, they're no trouble to work with if you're dealing with the smaller businesses it might need a bit more help from you sometimes in helping you find tradespeople to help them do work. But as long as you build that relationship with them, we, we never have a problem. Nice. Good. Very reassuring again. <laughs> now let's talk about um, you being a TV presenter. How did that <laughs> come about? How did you get into that? Um. Well, the, rea the reality of how I got into that is my lovely marketing manager, Hayley, um, decided um, that we should do some different things to reach some different audiences. Um, and so we approached them um, because the one of the other judges I know quite well, Fiona, um, and said, oh, we love what you do. 
Um, tell us more about what you're doing. Is there an opportunity for Kirsty to come on and do some stuff? And they were like, yes, actually, we we have a judge slot open. Is she interested? And so that, that's really how, how that happens, to be honest. And it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to do. That's amazing because sometimes it is just the magic of asking that like you think mm. it's just going to land on your lap, you know, and someone's going to call you up <laughs> and say, yeah, like, hey, Kirsty, <laughs> did you want to be a TV presenter? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I'm just sitting here doing nothing. Why not? Like you have to actually go and, and ask for that role. You absolutely do. So good on your marketing manager. Um, well, I know, yeah. Don't disclose, so don't disclose who she is because I'm sure lots of people will be uh, – <laughs> Uh, trying to poach her off you and she is actually really really lovely she's been on point with everything we've asked of you to to send in for this show so that's amazing uh so talk us through uh so for anyone listening um the show that we're talking about where Kirsty's been a tv presenter is called the property graduate we've mm-hmm. also had another um money honey on the show that has been on the property graduate as a, a contestant and so uh, we're very big you know we're big fans of the show and we'd love to know from your perspective Kirsty, what what kind of uh what applicants are you seeing who comes on the show what's your role and yeah how does it work for anyone you know there's a lot of property fans listening to the show so yeah share <laughs> us what you can uh what i'd say is it's like a cross between dragon's den and the apprentice I was going to say, you're like, you're like the Karen Brady, but for property. Yeah, so it's a bit, it's like that. And from, I'd say the judges have got the more fun end of the bargain because we, we sit there and ask tricky questions to see if they know, if they know the answers and get to just listen to um, people present property investments and, and decide if we think they've got what it takes to be the property graduate. And ultimately what they're competing for is up to a million pounds um, capital to invest in a deal on a joint venture basis. Um, and that, that's what they're, you know, competing for. Um, and yeah, it was really, it was really quite fun to do. It was quite, it, it's, um, it's tiring though as well. The schedule that you're on um, for the show is, is quite, um, you know, it's with so many applicants. So um, we didn't get involved in choosing who got to go on the show that was all down to the producers so we didn't know who was going to be on the show until the day before wow um, and then we get sent um everybody's bios and we can have a quick read and um you know but really then we just start interviewing them so we interview them um we put um so many through to the next round i think we put 15 through um and then we have how to many apply again um we had hundreds apply yeah. Um, this year so it's quite a difficult process for them to whittle it down but for but they try and do it for quite varied backgrounds so we had everyone we had people that are newer to property experienced in property people that are scaling and ready to do bigger developments people that are interested in lots of different strategies all over the UK so it's quite interesting just throwing that group of people together and seeing who can cope under the pressure because in the end they ten who go through to the second stage they have an hour to analyze a deal that they're given and then they have to come and present it to us as the judges and we choose three from the ten wow. to put through to the final so it's quite pressurized um and yeah it, it was very interesting to do i mean i have to say 
Um, I was enjoying myself, but I did feel a bit guilty at times because I asked some really difficult questions, but that's what we're there for, right? Really? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's your job. So how do you really get to the nitty gritty of a deal? What would be like your must ask? If I said to you, oh, I've got a deal. This is going to be amazing. Like what questions really assess, in your opinion, the longevity of this deal? So... Uh, first question would be how have you analysed, you know, your market rents? So how do, how do you know that you can achieve the rental income? Um, and how have you how have you found the yields you're using to get to your end value? So those are quite important. Funding strategy is also really important. So how how are you going to buy it? How are you going to finance it? And exits exits. Everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people missed the exit plans. You know how that. So how how are you exiting this deal? Like what 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 are your exits? And there has to be more than one exit. You know, it's not a sustainable yes. investment if there isn't more than one exit. Because look at what's happened in the market over the last few years. We never know. We're dealing with massive uncertainty, huge volatility. You can't be sat there as a one trip pony with one exit. So that's that's what we focused on quite a lot as well. I love that. And I'm sure a lot of the commercial finance brokers or property <laughs> finance brokers listening to this right now are like, yes, thank you for saying exit. Because um, actually, a, a lot of the deals fall down because of the exit strategy, like it worked on one exit strategy. And then six months later, the deal doesn't fit anymore. And then there's not yeah. a refinance option. You know, they couldn't sell the property in time. And now they need to refinance it. But now they're in negative equity, or they originally planned to you know, pay back the bridging loan, but they need an extension. And, and, you know, you just need to look at, like you say, multiple exit strategies, you know, you're going to sell, are you going to refinance it? Is there a cash injection? Yeah. Can you, you know, there's so many elements to it. And uh, having been in that space myself, when someone used to apply for a bridging loan, or they used to apply for commercial, I would always, always try and assess two or three exit strategies, if not sometimes potentially even four depending on what the situation was so yeah absolutely exit 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 is definitely <laughs> yeah. yes yeah that's a really good point so I've really enjoyed getting to know you it's the first time we've ever 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 heard each other's voices that wasn't on social media so <laughs> it is, yeah. Thank you. yeah no it's been amazing have you enjoyed it oh, thank you yeah thank you for hosting me and that you know hopefully it adds a bit of value to anyone that's thinking about commercial property um, as an investment oh, yeah. and I would just say you know don't be afraid of the commercial market because people think it's this you know uh, oh it's too intimidating or oh, I haven't got enough capital or I haven't you know, just inform yourself and you'll be pleasantly surprised that you know anyone can get into the commercial market you just need to be informed and have yes. the right contacts um, ultimately and then after that you know my mentoring is really about accountability and confidence building a lot of the time um, and that's what it's that's where it's at right you know they say like confidence sells like you 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 can if you have if you're not confident you might have all the numbers you can crunch all the numbers yeah. but if you don't believe in it and if you don't have the the risk factor I think you you do need it you do need the risk factor because I'm sure you can't make any promises as much as the numbers look great and the exit strategies all stack up you still need to take that risk don't you so do you find that there's more risk conscious people than others. Is there like a particular, because like, look, we're, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, there are some people I, I need to rein in a little bit <laughs> because they want to run before they can walk. And that I'm kind of like, you're not done, you're not done analysing yet, don't put the offer in yet. And uh, hang on a minute, and you haven't thought about your exits. And you, But then there are others who, in their own words, bottle it. You know, mm. and I'll say, why didn't you make an offer on that property? Uh, okay, I have no good answer. The truth is I bottled it. And I'll be like, why did you bottle it? Why didn't you phone me? I am right here. Yeah. Another good question, should have, um, you know, and I've got a really great example, which I'll be very quick about, but uh, a client yeah. didn't put an offer in on a property uh, about four months ago and then regretted it because it was, a, it was a sound deal. And I just said, look, put it on your watch list, keep in touch with the agent. Not all deals transact. Once they go under offer, you never know what's going to happen. Sure enough, the, pert, the proposed buyer is dragging their feet. The seller's got fed up come back, said, if you're still interested, make me an offer, made an offer, and now they're buying um, the property oh. because this time <laughs> they had the confidence to proceed. <laughs> sometimes, yeah, I guess sometimes you do need to be burnt and it's like, yeah, you missed out, you missed it, but that can build your confidence for next time. And I love the fact that you've said that there's some people that are overconfident and mm. they need to be reined in and there are, there's good reason for that. Maybe they're, they are taken and sometimes it works out, you know, they've, they've taken that risk and they, they've got lucky, right? And it's like, yeah. well, well done, but next time, you know, this is what you need to look at and this is what you need to assess. And others actually are, you know, don't have enough confidence. So it's really, really hard to strike up that balance. But I guess, like you said, if you're working with the right people and the right coach and the right um, kind of research and strategies, then, yeah, that should be enough to get you into a good position. So I think I love that as your closing um, comments, you know, to highlight <laughs> Exit, exit, exit. That's definitely uh, a big highlight of mine that I've learned from today. Um, the other one for me that stood out is having the power team, having the right people around you. Um, number three, getting experience, you know, getting enough experience within the um, residential space first before you get into commercial. Um, what else? It's just been so much. Uh, anyone can get into it. I love the fact that, you know, you don't actually have to have been a builder or a, you know, to know anyone in property can can get into property so I, I love that um how welcoming the property industry is everybody can collaborate um so yeah if, if you got uh, a lot of value out of this like I did please give Kirsty a thumbs up you know like the show share it share it with anyone that you feel might be interested in getting into property or maybe you and your team you and your family are interested in getting into this world or you're looking to diversify your portfolio or you just want to watch the show the property graduate why not you know you can follow Kirsty on social media in the show notes you'll find links to her um social media pages right so yeah. um yeah you've been a phenomenal money honey i love the fact that you are <laughs> the karen brady i'm gonna label you as the karen brady <laughs> of the property world because she is one of my icons i love karen brady so yeah oh. you are one of those icons for me so thank you for giving me your oh. time well, thank you, Ros. I mean, I, I am quite direct, so it might fit quite well, actually. <laughs> yeah, well, why not? I think, yeah, I have that streak in her as well. Although I want to know where she's got her, like, makeover from. Like, recently, she's kind of having, she's got a different look in many, many ways. So, yeah, she's um, she's definitely a money honey for me. So thank you. Thank you for your time again. And I will be following your journey on Instagram. Brilliant. Thank you.
Take care.